Hello and welcome to the United Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Okoje, but my friends call me Omo. I'm a doctor, a mom, an entrepreneur, business strategist, transformational coach, and the founder of United Sisters, an organization dedicated to inspiring, empowering ladies whilst challenging the status quo. I am obsessed with helping women find their voice and understand their true potential, purpose and passion, regardless of their creed and culture. This podcast is dedicated to helping you up-level every aspect of your life. Join me for today's episode as we unearth the power that already lies within you. Hello, ladies. This is your girl, Okoje. I am super excited to be here, as always, with a really, really special guest. I'm so privileged that she's made out the time to join us. And I'm sure when you hear the nuggets she's got to share, you will be just as impressed, amazed, astounded with her journey and her words of wisdom. I am happy to present to you an amazing lady. I would refer her to as Sister Moronike Ajayi. I I hope I pronounced her name well, but she's actually a multi-award winner and a chatted accounter. She's an author an inspirational public speaker, an executive producer, and a TV presenter of her own show called Career Nuggets. She's happily married to Kenny, and they have a beautiful son together. I just want to welcome you today to the United Sister podcast, and I'm so dying to hear your story because really when I read your story and what you've achieved and who you are, I was astounded. So I'm so, so glad to have you here and welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a delight to be here. Oh, bless you. So I just really wanted to dive straight into just your where you've come from, because I was going to share that, but I thought it, it just sounds so much better coming from you. So just tell me a little bit about you, your journey so far, where you were born, how you were raised, and what brought you to start this show called Career Nuggets. Okay, thank you so much um, for having me, Akoj. So I was born in Wales, in Cardiff. I was born in Cardiff in Wales. Yes, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> so I'm a Welsh um, girl. and um, But when I was about 18 months, my dad kind of abandoned myself, my sister and my mom. Hmm. So we then, were, we remained there till I was nine. When I was nine, I my mom missed the family and we relocated back to Nigeria. Hmm. Um, getting to Nigeria because she wanted to be with amongst her family, we went back to a place that was nothing like Wales. Hmm. Completely different, very remote lacked basic amenities so um but being young adjusted Mm. um I loved the comfort of just being with my mom and sister but that wasn't the real world because my mom wanted us to have a better life because where we were living was very very remote Mm. very and she had she had a lot of belief in education so she homeschooled me Mm. home taught 
And I did the equivalent of what you call in today's world, the 11 plus. Mm. And I gained admission into one of the unity schools, which is equivalent to your grammar schools here. Mm. Getting in onto in the school, I was I, 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 I was just a mismatch. Um, the people there didn't live, they were from very affluent backgrounds, mainly. Mm. Mm. And um, so I found myself trying to belong, trying to force myself to belong to a particular group, to like what, get people to like me, accept me, mm. um, considering the fact that my dad wasn't in my life. Mm. He knew where he was, but he just didn't want us at the time, mm. um, my sister and I. So I was craving for, for this acceptance of people trying to belong, but I was never, I never fitted in. Nobody really wanted me. Nobody wanted to stay with me because obviously I was from a kind of what you'd say, poor background. Mm. Um, and all this mentally affected me. So, yes, my mom sent me to the best school and wanted me to flourish and kept on saying, if you study very well, you will have that desired lifestyle that you wanted. But I was too cognizant of my environment. Mm. So as a result of that, I did not flourish in my academics. Mm. Um, I was carrying too many emotional um, bag- baggages. But anyhow, fast forward, this carried on till my, throughout my secondary school and my university. Mm. And in Nigeria in those days, you will go through um, a national youth service. And I remember um, that's where I really had my encounter. So I gave my life in my, um, during my A-level. So that was my first year into uni. But the only reason why I did it then was because I met these set, set of people. Mm. And in Nigeria, they're called scripture unionists, the mm. SUs. And they looked very much like me, the way they dressed. I could identify with them. Mm. Um, so, but I didn't really have any relationship with God. So I really had my, I discovered God verses. And when I say discovered God, I spent a fair chunk of a day in his presence. And that's where he was revealing to me in terms of what I will become in life. At the time, it didn't look like that. But I wrote it down and because I was really, I had so much, you know, there's a way when your antennas are so in tune with God, Mm. especially when you spend time in his presence. I was hearing him clearly about how I will be a blessing to many. Mm. And I'm thinking, I want people to even accept me. How is this going to happen? But there's a faith you had. And then I noticed that I needed to detox myself of the thoughts and the mindset that I had. So one book that I really, really studied was the Queen, um, Queen Esther, the book of Esther. So I used that to, to kind of what you'd say, relaunch myself. So I started seeing myself in light. I saw myself as a queen. I saw myself as a favored one. I saw myself that doors would open onto me. Mm-hmm. And that was the notion I came. After that, I returned immediately back to the UK. Mm-hmm. And I came with that mindset instead of the mindset I had before. Mm. whereby I didn't feel good enough, mm. had low self-esteem, had a lot of, it was identity crisis, basically. Mm. I then came into the UK with a mindset that I am royalty, mm. I am favoured, yes. even though my background means nothing. Now I've been reborn, mm. so my past is gone, but I can only do something with my presence. Mm. Um, and um, so that's what, what my first one. When I came in, I wanted to take the take over territories, basically. <laughs> and then I had the step back. <laughs> yeah, I came back that I'm going to be this. I'm, yes. But it wasn't so because I, um, I studied computer science and the Lord led me to, that wasn't going to be my, my direction of profession. So narrowing it down, it was accounting. 
And then I looked at the accounting qualification and it looked like I can't afford this. I didn't come with any money. I'd have to pay for all the exams. And the only route would be if I could get a graduate trainee scheme. That graduate trainee scheme, that means they'll pay for my exams. As I'm passing the pay exams, I'll be getting promotion in my my work and things like that. So I looked for the criteria and I looked at the criteria and the criteria said, you must have either a first class or second class upper from a Russell University um, and all the things. I did not qualify for anything. I had a second Second class lower from a Nigerian university, no experience, and it looked like all odds were against me. But because of the word of God that he had given me, I just stood on it, which was favor. Favor means I might not be qualified by man, but it will create that opportunity whereby doors would open for me. I stood on that. And that's how I got my first graduate recruitment, uh, graduate trainee role. Against all odds, their adverts said it said one thing, but they employed me, despite the fact that I didn't take all this. And from then, I kept on seeing the hand of God in everything I do. The reason why I went through, I explained all that is because I feel sometimes people want to run a race without understanding what it takes to run that race. And the only way you can run that race only when you go to the actual master planner himself. The person that made us, he knows why he created us. He created us for a purpose. So he has our master plan. We might think we know we have it. And when he then gives you that plan and you run with it, it makes it easier for us. And it makes that journey um, achievable. And then we don't get weary and tired. Even if you're weary and tired, you know he's there with you. So in my case, that's what's happened. I got the word. It took me nine months to be clear on the word. So it wasn't, it didn't just come immediately. And then I held on to it. And that's why I was able to break into my training. So my training was fully paid for. So starting from, at the time, this was in 94, I was on 12,000 pounds. By the time I finished in 98, I sorry, 95, I was, I, I was on 12,000 pounds. And another thing I wanted to say was I took a drop. Prior to me starting the graduate training, I was working as a computer programmer, I was earning about 20 something thousand. But because I got the word from God, I was happy to take the drop. Now that was a significant drop at that time. And I did do that, but I finished on about 40 in, in four years. So you could see how the promotion was. And ever since all in my career, when God gives you the word, he makes provision. I have not paid for a single training in this, in this country. My MBA was fully paid for. My professional degree was fully paid for. My Prince 2 was fully paid for. I didn't do Prince 2 homeschooling. I did a residential course, which is really expensive. And that was about almost four grand and paid for. And I can tell you so many other trainings I've done only because I got that word from God. So that's my, you know, my career journey in terms of where I've been, where I am now. I've always desired to be a finance director and the field, the environment where I am, there isn't any other woman that is colored black like me in at this position in this field. And it's really, that was a dream. And this is taking me almost 20 years to achieve it. But God gave me that picture 20 years ago. And that's where I am today in my career. Wow. So many things that you you shared, I, I think is super inspirational. But one of the things I, I know that you mentioned is that you didn't feel like you belonged 
You didn't mm-hmm. feel like you were enough. And I know you said that you just stood on the word of God. Many people find that g- jump from one minute I didn't feel like belonged, one minute I didn't feel like I was enough to, I'm just going to stand on the word of God. Could you share what made you think, okay, yeah, I don't belong, but God's word is the truth. I, I mean, what made okay. you really just tap into that mindset and accept it as truth. Okay. So, um, the, my take in life is you can only walk on things you can control. Anything you can't control, it's a waste of time because it's really going to remain the same. So something I couldn't control was the people that would associate with me, people that would like me or take me the way I am. I couldn't change that. That's their judgment. But I can make myself better. I can make myself comfortable in my own skin. What is it that I need to do? Which means it's a mindset. Once I can accept myself and I can feel the love of God. So for me, that's why I said it took me nine months of studying. I studied a lot on favor um, because I felt if I look at my background, look at where I'm coming from, I might not qualify for a lot of things. And by studying the word of God, I did a lot of studies, just that favor was the top most. I needed joy because I was lacking it. I did study on that. I needed peace. I needed to be, come to a point of rest. There are loads of studies I did. It took me nine months. But one thing is the word of God is so real and so alive. If you spend that time studying it and not just reading, but uh, meditating, reading books, everything around the topic... Your spirit, man, which I think is the strongest in our mind, body, and soul, if that is fed very well, it gives you a strength within. You start experiencing things that you can't explain from peace, from being content, from not wanting to run a race that somebody or being like somebody else. But when you're when you're so much in your flesh and your flesh is being fed, the flesh tends to be very, from my perspective, very greedy and hungry. The more you feed it on things it will, it will grow and grow and that's when you feel really in rejection you feel all these things because the flesh is being fed so what I did was I spent a lot of time in the word of God and I made it real in me so I would speak positively to myself so I told you the book of Esther I started seeing myself not as that rejected person that the dad didn't like or this person didn't like or my childhood that wasn't great I started seeing myself as reality. I, yes, I might, like she was an orphan, had destiny changed. Wow. Another person I picked up was Joseph. Yeah. And, and I, I studied that. And I, I just, um, I, you know, when you say you absorb, soak something in, it just became really, became life in me. And I just said, where am I going to get to in life? The favor of God would open doors for me. And I just found myself content with that to the extent that if I step out of whatever God is, if I, the moment I don't hear him, I feel alone. Once I can hear from God and I feel that contentment, I know when I have the peace of God, I'm just happy there. And I found out that that environment is much, much better than me trying to belong in certain groups. Now, let me just put a caveat. The fact that I, I said I I jump doesn't mean that these these um, thing of rejection doesn't haunt me sometimes. Sometimes it raises his ugly head, but at least I recognize it. And I know how to shut it off. Mm. How do you shut it off? I I speak out. 
I, I have my confessions. I tell myself I'm, I'm, I'm loved by God. There are things I speak positively to myself. Every day. Yes. Not, so my, my, when I pray every day, it's not that I go out and, and confess every day, but I speak certain things that get my mind right. Now, I might find myself whereby rejection can face, I've faced rejection in my work, whereby I've faced redundancy. I've actually gone into work one day, nothing wrong, literally nothing wrong. The, my manager just said, your face no longer fits here. Had to leave. So he raises his ugly head everywhere. And that, at that point in time, I, I feel shattered. I feel low. But I think the, where the grace of God is sufficient for all of us is once we're willing, I know where to reach out to, but nobody else can do it for me. I have to do it myself. And I reach out into, that's the only thing I know. And it's kept me going. Now, in, in, in seeking God's face, my dad made up with my, daughter, my sister and I when my mom died young. She died at 52. My dad came back into our lives, found us in the UK, was visiting us. And on a day that I wasn't expecting, we were both dancing a praise and worship song. He just staggered. He was only 65. And that's how he died in my arms. Nothing was absolutely wrong with him. Oh my God. But, but by that time, I'd had 13 years of love. I was able to forgive him and we enjoyed ourselves. And there he was in my sitting room. Now, I've been through so many other challenges and the only way I could stand and be the way I am, not just in being successful in my career, but it's just, it's the grace of God and understanding what that means. Because we can say it, Yes, we need to have an understanding. And I think that's what I have. I think for me, one thing I was going to say to you is that when your dad came back into your life, did it make sense why he had left? Or did you, how, how did you come to peace with that? That's my question. Okay. So blessed not memories. One thing my mom always did when we went back to Nigeria, she would always take, take us to my dad's house. So we knew my dad, but the woman he had at the time was just not, she wasn't very pleasant. And my dad was a very, you know, he's very wealthy, a socialite. So he was hardly there. So I knew of him, but at my mom's um, service of songs, he was battling when they made the altar call because my mom was this very staunch Christian and um, he gave his life. And because my dad was this, um, a chain smoker and everything and he just gave his life at her um, wakekeep. So when he came back into my life, yes, I knew what God was saying, but from day one, number one, I felt like I wanted to kill him. Mm. <laughs> I I felt my mom should have lived longer if she hadn't grown up with so much stress on her own. Um, I, there was so much, and that's why I said that one, well, in my case, I'm just very real, but I know when I'm, when I'm going wrong, when I'm derailing off what God says, I had all these emotions. It took me three years with the help of my husband to work on it. He kept on visiting us every year. And when he comes, I say, you're a murderer. I hate you. I would say nasty things because I talk and he would look and, he said, I can't repair the past, but my husband was a strong force and I knew in my heart of heart that no matter what, I have to forgive him. But the pain was so much. I went through so much um, pain. I shouldn't have suffered financially. We shouldn't have because he had so much. Um, you know, he, he's a cousin to one of our ex-presidents. He's quite wealthy. Mm. So there were so many things that I felt my life wouldn't have been, you know, but I had to find it in myself because I realized that there is a blessing tied up with our parents um, and that comes from studying the word and I just didn't want to lock that aspect of my blessings so I had to let go 
And I had a heart-to-heart conversation with him. Now, this is very hard. If my mom was alive and we could talk it through, I probably would have. But it took time. And I would say it took me about three years. I started relaxing. Um, and he needed to answer some questions, which he, sometimes he could. Sometimes he would say it's not worth him saying. Um, but I had to find it in me. And when I did that, in, in all honesty, the burden I was carrying felt lighter. And then I just made up my mind that, okay, from now, I'm just going to try and enjoy this relationship and build this relationship with my dad. Um, so I was in the UK then, so he will visit from Nigeria and spend about six to eight weeks with me and um, go back. What did the whole experience teach you? What did it teach you about yourself? What did it teach you about your calling? It taught me, I mean, putting everything together is like a jigsaw. The experiences I've had in life, I think is what's made me today. Yes. Um, and it's given me real life experiences. And it's just like Joseph's life. You look at his life. Every, he was a spoiled boy. But he needed to, if he was left with his dad, he would not get to that palace because he would be shielded. He would be protected. He wouldn't learn the lessons of leadership. So everywhere he went, when he went into the Pharaoh's um, to be a slave, he was the head of the servants. Even when he went into prison, he was the head of that bit because God needed to deposit some skills in him. So those experiences to us looked tough. The experiences I've been through in life have been tough. Well, I think it's part of my story. It's what's made me. Um, going through it is not difficult because I didn't, sometimes you don't understand. Um, and there been a lot, you know, different years for my son, having a surgery, doctors, and they're calling me, you know, private hospital here in the UK. Um, just, they all just make you who you are. And I think um, that's something that I would cherish. Money couldn't give me that what my experiences have given me. So I'm, I'm grateful for them. I don't want them to repeat, but I'm grateful. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I mean, to be honest, when we see you up there, you, as you're doing your show, your, the work that you're doing, I think it's so easy for people to think, wow, she had it easy. Right. But to hear what you've had to go through to become the woman that you are today is super inspiring. Thank you. Thank really, really. I mean, as you were speaking, I had goosebumps because I was thinking, oh, oh my wow. God, you. she's just been through all of this. But if you hadn't pushed past in, your life would have been totally different today. So I just want to like celebrate you. You're amazing. You really, really are. I think for me, as you do your work, what is the one thing that you find yourself saying to people your show is about career nuggets. What was the idea behind that and what made you decide to focus on that area of things? That, that was birthed out of another experience too, actually. Um, so first of all, because I've been trying for the fruit of the womb, so I've been having a series of IVFs and things like that. One of them just, one of the doctors um, advised that if you, there's a tiny fibroid or whatever, if you have it removed, it might increase your chances. So I went for a surgery. And then, unknown to me, they'd forgotten maybe a strand of the cotton wool or some foreign body. And so I had sepsis, and um, it was a 19-day ordeal. And at the time, I was also facing redundancy at work. 
So all these things were happening. But the key thing, the trigger for me was, I really felt I was dying because I was going through this tunnel. And then my husband got a nudge and he came to me, but I just looked at everything and felt, is this what life is all about? It's not about the wealth. It's not, it's about the legacy you leave behind. So on the mm. one hand, when I was, when I was um, facing redundancy, I had discovered why I was facing redundancy and I didn't want other people to suffer the same thing, how they can be better prepared. Mm. But um, at the time, they were, my redundancy package was about £67,000. But because I'd had this near-death experience, I just felt £67,000, I can just spend that on, on myself and that's the end. Mm. Or I felt it would be better put to use if I invested into a TV show that can get the message far and wide. So I just took my redundancy money. I only spent 5K of it. We had a lovely holiday to Jamaica. And the rest... <laughs> <laughs> you had a near-death experience. You thought, well, what what the heck? Live life. <laughs> exactly. So we had a lovely, you know, trip to Jamaica. And then the remaining 60K, I just put it to set up my TV show because I believe in quality. So I wanted to get... I just put all my money into it thinking this can definitely be a blessing to other people that want to have a career. They don't know where to go. How can they get a mentor? How can they um, reach out to somebody that can help them hold their hand, create an opportunity for them. And I just felt that's more, that's better leaving um, mm. than having to accumulate so much wealth. And I, and I, and I also draw into the life of my mom and dad. When my mom died, even though she didn't leave us with anything, her funeral had, I can't explain the number of crowds, the nurses that, because she was a nurse, the street was blocked, a major road. Just And then all the nurses from a federal hospital were escorting her to the church service. The number of people that came, I don't even know them. She had touched lives. Only by sometimes a Wednesday, she would go to a bakery, buy loads of bread, give everybody in the neighborhood a loaf of bread. Nothing major. She was just always impacting lives. Well, on the other hand, my dad was wealthy. We had the name it in the funeral, but he didn't, his life didn't have that impact in his death mm-hmm. than my mom. So I just felt it's better to leave a legacy and something that, and be a blessing to people is more better to give yes. than to receive. So, so I know that I've got another job, the redundancy money I just put into Korean Nugget. And I, with the backing of God, with him, with all the things he's told me, that's how I launched it. I just felt, I know I'm a timid person, but I'm going to do this and I'm going to stand up for my people, create opportunities for them, which we have been doing. And I'm really grateful to God that I took that bold step. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. I love the way you said, I mean, I don't think you're timid, but I, I, I can see that you're, you're a natural introvert as opposed to extrovert, but it, I wouldn't say timid, but a lot of things you've done are so bold. <laughs> you are a lioness. <laughs> I guess in the, I, I, that comes out when I know I'm in the center of God's will because my nickname in secondary school was timidy. I was timid and I still sometimes have the fears or like I do, I said, Lord, you've not given me a spirit of fear. I'll just speak to myself. And when I speak to myself, my miracles happen. I pray before I came here. I pray when I go into, when I'm going into a boardroom and I know I'm the only black woman and I need to have that authority I just rely on that. But when I'm con- cognizant of myself, mm. of who I am, I retract like a snail. Or the mo- so okay, so we have a, a beautiful, timid lady who now hosts a TV show. 
uh, I'm just super excited. Like, <laughs> what? So every time when you go, what do you feel? Do you just think, what is it that goes through your mind as you're stepping up to what you believe is your purpose? Does it feel easy or do you just, how do you feel? When is my purpose? I just believe when I, because I, I, obviously what you're getting now is somebody that I've spoken so much to myself. So my body has to respond to what I say. Wow. So I tell people that nobody can stop you from what you want to do. If you're shy, timid and all those, those are labels. Hmm. You wow. are a child of God. Hmm. Get up and do it. It's the getting up that is the struggle. But once you're up, you find out that you fly. So I always make that first move to get up. Hmm. And and you need determination. You need to be resilient. And you just need to be stay focused. But like I said in the beginning, you need to understand your purpose clearly. Because that's my driving force. I don't look at anybody else's lane. Hmm. I know my lane. I know my path. And I know God has given me the grace for that journey because I'm on the right lane. How do you know your purpose? Because some people are like, oh, well, it's easy for you. You feel like, you know, God has told you. Well, right, if they feel unsure, what would you say to a lady who thinks, I know I'm called for more, but I just can't put my finger on it? I'll ask them, well, how much time have they spent in his presence? Because it's not, it's not, um, I don't think there's a formula. Hmm. everybody if you have a friend you know how how I relate to my husband as a friend I know how I relate with him he's an identical and he knows how he connects with his twin brother God is like that he's a friend to us you must know how you relate and how you hear if you don't go back to the drawing board I did that like I said I I had given my life at age 15 Hmm. but I really really got to know God when I was 20 Hmm. five years it's never too late to go back to the drawing board and spe- there's no shortcuts. Otherwise you go around in circles. And then that point, the way God speaks to me is I have so much peace. One, secondly, that thought doesn't go away. It's just there. When I was going to have a TV show, I could just see myself on TV. Everywhere I turn to, I could just see TV. If I'm watching a movie, it's ministering to me. America, that's you. That's you. That's you. How am I going to start? Where? Who I hadn't, I knew nobody knew mm. TV station, but I think it's it's that first step, then doors. So I started by doing a pilot. I had my pilots. Where am I? Who's going to look at it? Mm. And I started knocking on doors. And some other thing that I also tell people is that um, we sometimes keep our stories to ourselves. That's why you have mentors. Mentors can tease things out you find the right one. Mm. And, and really, if Joseph hadn't spoken about his dream, I don't think he would have got to that palace. If mm. he hadn't told his brothers, we might have felt the brothers did wrong, but they were part of his plan. They were part of that journey. They were part, if they hadn't done that, how would he become a prime minister in a foreign land? Think about it. He's his dad's favorite son. Mm. He would just be with his dad in that same place. He wouldn't have landed in Egypt, but he spoke out. And that's where he's released. So some people, I feel, they're not speaking out. They're not saying, they, they have, they know what it is. If you search in their heart, they know what their call is. But they need affirmation. They need somebody to say, yeah, that's it. Go for it. They need some encouragement. That's what a mentor does. A mentor, you can, number one, hold you accountable to what you're saying you want to do. So that helps you to mm. do what you want to do. And they also give you the motivation, the drive. And they've obviously been there 
to a certain extent. So they can tap in and say, look, I was feeling that way. Sometimes you might not be, or you might not be sure, but still keep on. And finally, I, people might not agree with it, but sometimes when you fail, it's not a bad thing. Mm, feedback. Because, because there's some experiences you will learn from that, that yes. nobody can teach you. Money can't it's teach true. you. It's true. And you can only be better. Mm. You can only be better. You will make that same mistake. So why not make that attempt and, and, and just do it? Because some things are not always black and white. Yeah. How do you so, find a mentor? What would you say if someone is saying, okay, yeah, yeah, I need a mentor. Where do I find them? Okay, so in terms of career nuggets, we provide career mentors. Ah. Once, yeah, we provide career mentors and I mentor myself. But there are also, um, within my bank of people, some people are, um, remember, I'm not saying a coach because mentors just give their time and support. Mm. But, but you, it depends, because I, I have different mentors for different things. It depends mm. on what person is looking for. Mm. If you're doing your research, you'll find somebody that is flourishing in that area because there's nothing new under the sun. So you want to start your own business, maybe fashion designing thing, but you don't know what to do. There'll be somebody flourishing in there. You might approach the first person, they might say no, but if you keep on pressing those bells in that industry, you'll find somebody that can help you. So I think looking for a mentor, nowadays if it's career mentors, you can get them on LinkedIn. Um, you can get them by going to the seminars that align to the interest you're interested in. So sometimes you might you you might have an interest and you know that's resonating with you. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do more of. You have to connect with the people in those areas. And I believe that there's about grace flowing. So I have an accountability group and it's been amazing during this COVID period. There are about 23 of them in this current season. And out of those 23, not all of them wanted jobs. Some of them wanted confidence. But I would say 50% of them wanted new jobs. And we've been able to get at least 25% of them getting jobs in this period. Wow. One called me yesterday. She got a job higher than what she ever dreamt, dreamt of. That's what mentors do. She came to me. Oh, I want to work in a PMO. I said, no, you're better, bigger than that. You're going for pro- program manager. She said, I don't think I can do that. A mentor would see more than you can see in yourself. And I said, no, you will. She got the job. She couldn't believe it. She said, we have to go to Mayfair and have a lovely meal. I said, well, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I've had five of them. In this last over this last two three months, they've got jobs in a con- so I and and that's the grace. Sometimes you just tap when you connect to the right person, you enjoy that benefits that person. So I would definitely encourage anyone to get a mentor. Prayerfully do it though, because some some I've had mentors that just not worked, mm. but I haven't stopped. I have had mentors for a short period because I need them for that period. Yes, and I've had some for a long haul. So just be flexible with it. Um, and just don't, and a mentor doesn't necessarily mean they will be your best friend. Yes, I agree. So you have to be clear of your objectives and then. Talking like a, a proper businesswoman. <laughs> Claire of your output. <laughs> yeah, what you want to get from the relationship, yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. How can people reach you, get information about the stuff that you do? I mean, I, where is your, your, your TV show is on Vox Africa? Uh-huh. And when, where, where do, when does it air? And how can people get hold of 
your mentorship program and so on and so on. Just tell us how we can reach you. Oh, bless you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So my TV show is on Sky 193 every Thursday at 5 p.m. And um, you can reach me on my, via my email, info at careernuggets.co.uk. Yeah. And my website is www.careernuggets.tv. And any one of those channels, you can reach me. And I'm on social media, Career Nuggets, we're there. Way, guys, you must check her out. I am so blessed to. <laughs> Honestly, when you were speaking today, I really had goosebumps. I'm oh, so inspired by your journey. Thank you for being with us today. Thank and you for having me. You're leaving, you're leaving behind a great legacy. Thank you. Thank you. you. Can I just say one more thing, please? Yes, you can. I want to say you are an amazing lady too. What you're doing, you know, showcasing women out there, being a source of encouragement to other women, the Lord will reward you, reward your labor of love. You cannot be given so much and not be blessed from God. He definitely is going to continue to bless you and your family and you will not lack anything in Jesus' mighty name. You definitely feel the warmth and the grace of God in everything you do. And you know what? The world is your oyster, and God's got your back. Love you, Delhi. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm always so emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you've loved what you've heard, which I'm sure you have, then please go ahead and share the love. Leave a review and subscribe. I would love to hear your thoughts, your ideas, your aha moments and your breakthroughs. You can connect with me on social media, on Instagram or Facebook by searching for Dr. Okoje Omo Okunkwo. You can find my details on the show notes. I'd love to add you to our Facebook United Sisters group where you'll get a daily dose of inspirational thoughts and insights. I can't wait to connect with you on our next episode. But until then, go out there, be bold, be beautiful and just be you.